You're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, episode 183. Hey there, you're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast. My name is Angela Henderson, and on this show, we talk about improving your business, life, or both by having amazing and rich conversations with brilliant guests who will inspire you and who will give you tips and tricks to help you grow both in life and in business. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Ange, from Angela Henderson Consulting, where I'm an international award-winning business consultant and coach who has helped thousands of amazing women business owners get all the pieces in place to have consistent four and five-figure months and then on to six and seven-plus-figure years without burning out in the process. As business owners, things can slow down for so many different reasons, from seasonal to COVID to different sporting events, live events, concerts, and anything in between. And this slow period can be tough, but tough only if you let it be. In fact, the slowdown period can be one of the best things for your business, but also yourself. Slowing down, you see, can be a gift. I'm super excited to have Melanie and Katie on the podcast today to talk about what to do when business feels slow. We're going to chat about three uncomfortable questions that they're going to want you to ask yourself when business is slow. Hint, this is freaking amazing, amazing three questions, and you're not going to want to miss it. We also chat about about the importance of mindset. We talk about the art of slowing down and so many other amazing things on this epic, epic episode. That's a bit of a mouthful, epic, epic episode. But Before we hop into this awesome episode, I'd like to remind you that this episode is sponsored by my 12-month mastermind, the Action Takers Mastermind for Women in Business. Doors are now open for my 12-month online and in-person experience designed to get your business to the next level, whatever that looks like for you. The Action Takers Mastermind helps business owners like you to get clarity on what you want to focus on. It also helps you to get genuine information on what's possible, what works, and what's a waste of time. It helps you to get that feedback on your ideas, different perspective on your skills, introductions to new clients, and a leg up to different opportunities, not to mention access to a community of people who understand and care about what you do. Not to mention during the 12 months of the Action Takers Mastermind, you're going to get strategy sessions with me, emergency hot seat calls with me. You're going to have monthly group coaching calls. We've got implementation sessions, co-working sessions, monthly mindset sessions, guest experts, a private Facebook group, two uh, live events at the Gold Coast, and so much more. If this is sounding like my 12-month Action Takers Mastermind might be what you're needing to get your business to the next level for 2022, then I encourage you to head to AngelaHenderson.com.au, click on the services page, then the mastermind button, and book in a call for us to chat about your business and if this is the right mastermind for you to make 2022 your best year ever. Now let's get into this awesome, awesome episode. Welcome to the show, ladies. Hi, we're excited awesome. to be here. Yes. I'm super excited to have connected with you both because you guys, I love your energy. I love your vibe. I love what you stand for around. It's it's just always awesome to be in the same room, to quote unquote, with some amazing humans. So super <laughs> excited to have you here. Now, one of the first questions that I always like to ask the guests that come on board so that the audience has a better understanding of who you are and just being able to disconnect with you is I'd like to ask you the fun question is that this is, for you, Melanie, what is your all-time favorite season? Oh, hands down, it's summer. <laughs> <laughs> I 
love summer. I love everything about warmth and heat and, and the pool and being outside and backyard barbecues. Mm-hmm. Um, I thrive. I thrive in the long days with lots of sunlight for sure. <laughs> I love it. And for you, Katie, where is your all-time favorite season? Absolutely fall. I love all things spooky. I love all things fireplaces and flannel and just warm evenings and fire pits and just marshmallows toasted and just enjoying mm-hmm. campfires and the outdoors. And of course, the just the beauty of it. So I am all about fall. Listen, and it's one of those things that I've missed about living in where I live in Brisbane, Australia, being Mm. from Canada, but have also did my clinical prac in North Carolina. Uh, There's this essence like fall with the leaves changing. And Mm -hmm. again, as I always joke about the pumpkin spice from Starbucks, but there is something (laughs) about... I, I remember just recently they've got a shop here and they bring over American goods and there was a candle there and it smelled so much like the pumpkin and spice and it takes you back to those beautiful memories. And it is something about the US yes. I remember is that this smell oh, and the yes. aroma from everything. So now, and I love a good marshmallow. They don't have the American and Canadian type marshmallows over here in Australia. <laughs> it's like these weird things. So I do love a good, uh, my, my dad actually has to send us marshmallows in the mail. So do love a good marshmallow. Now, Melanie, let's start with you. Can you just share with the audience a little bit about your business journey? Where did you start and where are you today? Sure. Okay. So I started actually like accidentally. Um, I started uh, in 2011. So I have an undergrad in psychology. I have a master's in special education and I really had no desire to really work and, and have a career. I wanted to, you know, get married, have babies, you know, Matt and I made a plan. That's my husband for me to be a stay at home mom. And so we made that, that sort of that vision a reality when our second little one was born and about five, six months into being a stay at home mom, I understood that there was now a disconnect between what I actually wanted, you know, and what Mm -hmm. I had said I wanted all along. And at that time I was actually trying to kind of get my body back in shape after having kids. And so Mm -hmm. I really landed myself in a network marketing business. And I don't know if you're familiar with Beachbody, mm-hmm. but that's the company that I signed up as a customer first and then really fell in love with their business model. And so I started coaching in direct sales in 2011. So I started in 2011 and was able to, it really kind of like ignited this fire inside of me that I didn't know that I had. And it was this sort of this leader kind of take charge. I want to, I want to accomplish, you know, all the way to the top. And I really did. I grew um, a large team, a a four-time top team in the company. And that is also how Katie and I started working together Mm -hmm. too, was through, through that side of things. And then um, over the past couple of years, we have, we've kind of put our heads together. So many people have asked us, you know, how did we do what we did in the network marketing space? And that's really where, what brought us to where we are today with, with Chic Influencer. I know we'll talk a little bit more about that, but so, you know, eight years in the network marketing space and and now kind of branching off and building our own business together. And I just have this pure joy for helping other people to kind of reach their fullest potential, whether it is in direct sales or they want to open a small business. And I just really love that so much. So yeah, I'm not a stay-at-home mom anymore. My kids are now 10 and 12 and they know absolutely nothing other than watching their their mom build um, businesses from the kitchen table. 
Dude, I absolutely love it. And it's funny that you talk about the kids' essence, right? Because Finley, my oldest, he's like, well, you just stay home. Like, how much money can you really make if you're just staying at home, mom? And I was like, really? Right. I was like, we really want to have this conversation, right? And he was like, well, you, well you're you in a hoodie in like board shorts 99% of the time, mom. I'm like, yes. He's like, but no, really, mom, like, you know, there's doctors and lawyers out there. And I was like, yeah, and I probably make more money than they do. And he's like, that's a good April Fool's joke, mom. And I was like, but there's this essence, though, too, right? That mm-hmm. kids that their own perception of what they think, because again, the media and, and I mean, my kids aren't on social media, so it's more like the news or what they talk about at school, mm-hmm. right? Is yeah. doctors and lawyers and only a particular person can make money, right? But the reality right. of it is, again, if you've got that energy, if you've got the alignment, if you've got the goals and you've got the motivation, you can really make as much money as you want. The, the world has an abundance of money. What are your thoughts about that? Sure. For sure. So I definitely believe that. I know that for me, when I started in direct sales, though, I, I didn't really have that desire to build like Melanie had had mentioned. And it's so fun to listen to Melanie tell that, that story because I've heard it about a million times. And I love how different my start start like really was from Melanie. I literally went into direct sales, network marketing um, for the sheer desire to get the groceries paid for. There was nothing else fancy or glamorous about it. I was like, I would just love to get these groceries paid for because I am so tired of hearing my husband talk about a budget Excel sheet. And it (laughs) it was just out of that motivation to not argue with my husband over finances that the desire to make a change, that pain is what actually allowed me to believe in the growth. But the growth and abundance mindset, I think that you're talking about, I didn't really understand the opportunity until I was really in the thick of it, meaning Mm -hmm. that I started to see little wins. So Mm -hmm. I was like, hmm, I'm getting the groceries paid for. Wouldn't it be cool if I could actually get my car payment taken care of? Well, that's pretty neat. Well, wouldn't it be cool if I could actually upgrade my car and get a new car because this thing is kind of, you know, hitting the bucket, so to speak. (laughs) And then it became, well, wouldn't it be cool if I could extend a maternity leave? And then it became, wouldn't it be amazing if this could actually um, take care of some of our medical bills? And so growing into an abundance mindset, I think comes with a lot of things like listening to podcast episodes, hearing from people who are one to 10 or a hundred steps ahead of you and seeing that the potential is really limitless. The more you hear from people who are really normal, like you and me, I mean, Angela, you're saying that your son is, you know, looking at you in your yoga pants or your board shorts and seeing you as successful. When you see somebody like yourself, you kind of go, well, maybe it would be cool. Wouldn't it be neat? So I do believe in the abundance mindset, but I also think you have to be open to it to actually see it first. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that, Melanie? On, on just the buttons, ask me the question again. So yeah, yeah. I'm not sure I answered. You know, absolutely. So what Kate, this off the back of Katie in relation to that, like Katie saying that abundance mindset wasn't necessarily there, but how important do you think it is for businesses to slowly gradually learn that abundance mindset, right? Like, do they, are they going to get stuck if they don't have it, for example? And yeah, just kind of just your general thoughts of that. Yeah. I mean, 
you have to believe that success is possible for mm-hmm. you. And mm-hmm. so I do believe that early on, that was really important. I, I sat on a call. I listened to somebody else talk about their success. And I remember saying, well, if they can do it, so can I, like, why not me? And I was mm-hmm. able to relate to a part of their story, maybe not their whole story, but I was able to kind of look at their story and say, okay, I see that they're imperfect. I see that they're just showing up and doing their best. I see that they're taking action. Even if it's messy action, I can do that also. Mm-hmm. And I found a lot of comfort in listening to podcasts where people told their story, because again, I could hear, okay, they went through something similar. And then I would take away maybe not all of the tips that they gave, but one of them. And I would put Mm -hmm. that in my toolbox and I would implement Mm -hmm. that. And so that, that understanding of, okay, if other people can do it, so can I. And then also over the years, this developed that it didn't always success. Didn't have to look a certain way that Mm -hmm. I could, that there was enough success for everybody. And that there was a a mentor, a business mentor for every individual out there. And that I didn't need to be worried. You know, I didn't need to have that scarcity mindset that there was like, there was room for everybody at the table that, you know, everybody has a specific style that they relate to. And as long as I keep showing up and sharing my personalities, sharing who I am, my core values, what I stand for, that eventually I will begin to attract the right people. So Mm -hmm. I think that's incredibly important if you don't, if you don't believe that, then you're just, it's sort of like you're setting up the walls all around you. Like you're just, you're setting up barriers because you don't, you're not open to the possibilities of even doing business differently than you originally thought you were going to do it. Right. 100%. And one of the things that I like that you mentioned there too, is that success doesn't have to look a certain way. And I giggled because we were just recording for your podcast and we talked about something similar, right? Is that there's this notion that you we're all in business, quote unquote, air quotes, to make seven figures. I have to hit seven figures. Or I'm not too sex- successful. I have to hit se- seven figures. But the reality of it is, is I think it's so important for obviously I serve predominantly women. I believe you also serve predominantly women is that if once you understand what it is that you're doing, I mean, success can drive from anything and, and that it's OK if you want to make 50K. You don't have to be hitting the seven figures. You're not a failure because you want to hit 50K. And so it's I love that you just mentioned that success doesn't have to look a certain way because the social media portrays it. It has to look one way. Mm-hmm. And so again, lean into what that looks like for you. Um, and then again, good things will come from that because you're going from a place of alignment and energy that sparks you up versus what is sparking others up. So thank you for mentioning that because I think it's so important. Yeah. Now today we're going to be talking about what to do when business mm-hmm slows down because let's be honest, it's going to happen and it's going to happen more than once. So that's why I'm glad that you both are here today because in my opinion, the sooner that those who are going to hear this message today have some tools and some things that they can start to tackle, it's going to be easier both for them and their business long-term. So my first question that I want to start with is, I know you both ask your own audiences three uncomfortable questions that will allow them to get thinking about how to handle things when business is slow. Uh, It might not be your typical questions that people might think they're going to get asked. So I'm really excited for you to share with us these three uncomfortable questions. All right. So we're going to dive right in. And so the first thing that I encourage people to ask is to say, to ask themselves in their current situation, because we work with a lot of people who get very defensive about their goals when they aren't where they want to be, especially at the end of the year. And I believe at the time that we're airing this, we're getting really close to the end (laughs) of 
2021, right? And so a lot of times we'll see one of two things happen. Well, number one, we'll see people slowly do what we call the Homer Simpson. And there is this <laughs> gif that went around, and, uh, around for a long time where Homer Simpson would just kind of slowly push himself back into the bushes as if he never existed to begin yes. with. <laughs> you yes. know which one I'm talking about? Yes. And we say that sometimes business owners kind of do that when it comes to their goals as if, let's pretend I was never here to begin with. <laughs> So one of the things we mentor women to do is to number one, ask themselves, am I making an excuse or am I creating elevation for myself? Mm -hmm. And so excuses mean really that I can say, I can do nothing. The excuse is I didn't hit my goal. So I'm just going to like bow out gracefully, or I'm just going to give up, or Mm -hmm. I can't do anything about it. So I'm just going to wallow in it. Right. Mm -hmm. But elevation says, what can I learn because of this? And Mm -hmm. what is the one thing that I can do today to actually move my business forward? Mm -hmm. And so the, the tip that we give is to get rid of your big butt. And a Mm -hmm. big but means that a lot of times we'll say something like this. I really wanted to achieve that rank in the company, but I ran out of time at the end of the month. I really wanted to be able to get my car paid for, but I just didn't have time to, to make it work. I really wanted to be able to do this, but, 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 but your big old, butt gets totally in the way of the goals that you set for yourself. And you become so, um, just so used to saying the word, but that you don't even realize how big your butt is. You don't even realize <laughs> how much it's like Hulk stomping you from getting in the way of what you really want. And so what we do is we pause on that word, but, and we tell people to replace it with, and so, mm-hmm. for example, I really want to get my car payment taken care of. And so in order to do that, I need to, what's the action? Mm-hmm. And we replace it with the word, and so, so instead of being in excuse mode, you're now in action mode. You're mm-hmm. now, and there is what I can control over it. And there is not necessarily going to be a, I can do all of the things because we can't, but we can do one thing. So the first tip that we have is really to own if you are making an excuse or if you are creating elevation. So you want to think of your big butt. And if your big butt is getting in your way, you want to replace it with an and so, because that removes all excuses from the table and puts you into action. You want to talk about number two, Mal? Yeah, sure. Okay. So one of the things that you know, as I think about when, when you're not kind of where you are. And a lot of times we can say to ourselves, like, I'm a bad leader, or we can say to ourselves, like, you know, I'm not a good recruiter and that's why I'm not where I want to be right now. And so a lot of times what we see is people do is they kind of, they push it off. They, they kind of deflect their, their goals and deflect sort of the process of where they are. And one of the things that I've learned to call people out on kindly is Mm -hmm. to really get them to understand, like, what's the actual truth? Are we just giving a blanket statement of like, I'm a bad recruiter. And we'll use that, for example, as we're bringing people into our business. And I always say like, is that the truth? Because I had this one 
one example, this one situation where I was working with a mentor and we were walking through these like limiting beliefs, things that I was saying to myself. And she used this example with me, this sort of this process, this tool, and it has worked for me ever since. And she's like, Melanie, she's like, if you say that you're a bad recruiter, how do you know that that is true? Like, is that actually true? And I would say, well, you know, I, yeah, I, I think I'm a bad recruiter. And, and she would say, well, well, how do you know for sure? If you were to like pull the people around you, would they also say that you were a bad recruiter? And I was like, well, no, probably not. They wouldn't because I am bringing people into the business. So I am maybe onboarding a few, but, you know, I think I should be onboarding 10 a month and I'm only onboarding one. And so it's not really that I'm a bad recruiter, right? It's just that my measure of success, you know, might be different than what other people's are. And then we dive into that a little bit more and it's like, okay, well, if you're a bad recruiter, let's look at your actions. What actions are you taking so that you can become a better recruiter? And we start to look at that and it's like, well, and the question is like, are you taking the actions to be a good recruiter? Mm -hmm. And so I usually sit down and look at, at people's actions and we realize, oh no, they're actually not, you know, inviting people to the opportunity. They're actually not going out and pitching their services. When I look at maybe their social media, there is nothing about what they sell, what service they provide. You know, it's all pictures of their family, their kids, their dog, right? And so Mm -hmm. they're not actually marketing their services. And so once you kind of peel back the layers, then you can say, all right, well, I'm actually living as if I am a bad recruiter because I'm not posting about it. Yes. I'm not going out and inviting people, you know, so I'm living like that's true, but I very easily have a choice and a decision that I can make and I could change that. So I don't need to live that way. I just need to shift my actions. And so, you know, really kind of taking a good look at, at yourself and where you're at and sort of owning your own behavior and asking yourself that those simple questions, like, is it true? You know, like if I were to interview the people around me, would they say that I am a bad recruiter also? And am I living like that is true? You can really get to the root cause that we are actually the barrier, usually standing in the way. And with just that simple shift that, aha, we can now begin to really make, we can make an actual change because the the truth and the reality is right in front of us. Yeah. And then the third one, Angela, is, is pretty basic. And this is so easy to just not realize that you're in this zone, but it tends to be the one thing that holds people back. And it's just asking yourself, where am I actually choosing to be stagnant? Where am I not challenging myself? Where am I not putting forth effort? Where am I maybe trying to skirt around doing the work versus just digging my heels in and getting to work? I Mm -hmm. often compare the end of the year when we look at our organizations and the, the people that we have the opportunity to mentor. And what they want to do is they want to pour a cup of coffee and they want to sit on their couch and they want to post on social media and they want to grab that blanket and kind of make themselves at home and settle into those goals. But we can't settle into our goals. We actually have to grit our way to the goals that we want to achieve. And it doesn't always have to be just grind and hustle 24-7. But there also has to be a time where we reflect on our goals and say, all right, where am I actually comfortable with my blanket instead of just gritting my heels in and going to work? Yeah. So yeah. really looking at your business and saying, where am I? 
choosing to be stagnant? Where am I choosing to be comfortable instead of in a growth place? Yeah. Gosh, what great questions, right? And again, not everyone's, there'll be people who will be triggered by these questions, right? Mm, Because of the fact that they actually have to look at the truth. They have to look themselves in the mirror. And these uncomfortable questions, though, I think are what is needed for so many women out there. uh, Because again, if if you want the business, and I was talking about this on your podcast, is that you have choice right? You have choice what you do every single day, but you also, and I'm very big about women taking responsibility for their lives. Uh, no one's coming to save you. You, you can't blame the husband because you didn't hit the million dollar launch, right? You can't blame, I don't know, the rain because X, Y, and Z, like there's all these things that are in the blame game. So what I liked here is again, was really is that looking at yourself, looking at your truth, taking the responsibility and, and looking at what choices you have to have the life that you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now absolutely. with business being slow though, collect- collectively, obviously mm-hmm. seasons can make businesses slow, right? Depending if you're like an e-com business and it's predominantly you get more sales at Christmas time. Uh, uh, COVID slowed things down. I get that. But my question to you though is, 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 does mindset also play a role into why businesses could be slow versus always having these environmental factors? This is business is slow because of this, because Yeah, I'm curious to know what your thoughts are about how does mindset influence whether or not someone is slow in business or not? Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is a great question. So I 100% believe that mindset... Is, is a predictor of your future success. And for example, you know, if you're looking at for COVID, let's just like take COVID in, into consideration. A lot of people went to building online businesses during that time, right? They looked at it and they were like, okay, I'm home. You know, I don't have a choice. I can build this online business. I can kind of work on my side hustle. I can get this launched. I can make it happen. And so some people sat there and they were like, the sky is the limit. I'm at home. You know, I've got endless amounts of time. My schedule has been indefinitely cleared right now. I'm going to make my my business a reality. And some people looked at that with just such an abundance mindset of an opportunity to, to lean in and do something that I've always wanted to do, where there were other people that had the mindset of this is the worst thing ever, you know, everything is crumbling, everything is falling apart, woe is me, you know, and they really looked at obstacle after obstacle after obstacle, and they allowed their mindset in the current situation to drive their their results. And so what did they do? They just sat there, they ate, they watched Netflix, they, you know, took extra naps, they didn't work on their passion, they didn't work on their mindset. And so they don't have that that business that maybe they envisioned because they just were focused on all the barriers and all the reasons why it wouldn't work in that season. And so you really saw this kind of separation from people, you know, that sort of had this vision and dream and they didn't, they worked on themselves. They worked on the opportunities that they had in front of them and had that abundance mindset versus other people that were like, you know, my mindset is, is poor, you know, and, and they weren't willing to work on that. So I think in anything, whether it's a season of abundance or it's a season of challenge, the way you face that is going to determine your outcome. And we see that every day. We see people that work three jobs and they're building a side hustle and they're super successful. And then we see other people that don't have children and they have, you know, maybe this is their only job and and they, they limit themselves. They stand in their own way with their fear of failure or their fear of what other people will think. And so we see it all the time that just that shift in your thinking can really, it drives the results that you're going to get. 
in addition to that, I'm also curious to know is how much do you feel alignment and energy plays into also that mindset, but also business again, being slow? Yeah. Well, so in our line of work, the one thing that I can say that we see a lot of is people get really, really focused on the outcome and they, they don't really focus on their efforts on their Uh output. And so we always train women to say, I will be so married to the efforts, to the output, and I can divorce myself completely from the out come. Mm-hmm. And the reason we say that is because outcome is going to be a reflection of your action, mm-hmm. but it's just the reflection. It's not the actual action. And so your energy and your excitement needs to go into what you do. It needs to mm-hmm. go into the process not the final product. Mm-hmm. And so one thing that we've learned is if you don't love what you do, you're never going to get to the vision that you've created for yourself. If you mm-hmm. don't love the process of becoming, if you don't love the process and the joy that comes with learning and the just the feeling of making an impact in others' lives, you're not going to enjoy the output. You're going to maybe get to the goal that you want and it's going to feel empty and you're going to get there and you're going to go, what's next? And then you're going to work towards another goal and you're going to go, what's next? And then you're going to burn out. And so when your energy is going into the action because you genuinely enjoy it, that because Mm -hmm. it gives you energy, it gives you more energy and it fuels you and it excites you, you can really divorce yourself from the, the outcome. I mean, because you're so focused on output. And I do think that that is almost like a learned behavior that comes through mentorships, that Mm -hmm. comes through guidance, that comes through seeing somebody else live out what they love and not just successfully on Instagram or in their pictures or showcasing all their money. It really is that joy you can see a successful business owner has because they really do love the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, good. I love it. Because again, that like you, I can hear it in it and feel it from you, right? The love, the joy, the excitement, yeah. all of yeah. that is so important. And I couldn't agree more that if you're starting to fall out of that, then it's like mm-hmm. time to reflect and, re, re, you know, review what that looks like. Now, yeah. how important I'm very much anti the hustle, right? I'm all about, I think you have to work hard. Don't get me wrong. Like mm-hmm. we all could be millionaires. I think life would be great if it was super easy, but it isn't right. Is there's yeah. times when business is hard. Um, and I'm also, again, that whole hustle, 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 hustle mentality. I, I'm not a fan of that. And so in some ways though, when business is slow, people always look at it from a place of bad, but I know COVID, if anything, it forced people to slow down and people are actually really loving the essence of having a slow business, right? There's a little bit of, of positive. Have you seen in the last year and a bit with the whole COVID thing, some benefits that people have seen by slowing down their business and not going into that hustle mentality? Yeah. I mean, there's, it's good. Having slow seasons is that's really when you're in preparation. And Mm -hmm. so there is, there are ebbs and flows within the calendar year. And then obviously there are external circumstances that are going to impact that, but we are very much so when it is slow, you are saying to yourself, okay, what can I do to prepare for the next season of growth? Mm -hmm. And so I really look at like for Katie and I, that's a time for us to be reflective. It's kind Mm -hmm. of a time for us to look back at our goals and say, okay, you know, is there anything during this slow season? Let's get creative. Is there anything new that we want to implement? Is there anything new that we want to put out there that we want to do? And so it allows us to come up with new ideas. So I think Mm -hmm. that is, is super important. So when business is slow, you say to yourself, 
okay, I'm going to get creative. I'm going to improve my services that I already offer. Mm-hmm. I'm maybe going to work on some projects. I'm going to get some things scheduled because I know that when the busy season happens, it's going to be go time. So what can I do during this season where the demands aren't as high so that I can handle the demands when, when everything kind of comes back into full swing. So, and it's also a really good time to personally rest. So we look at certain seasons of our business and we say to ourselves like, all right, we have a little more flexibility in our calendar. This is when we do extra date nights with our spouses. You know, this is when we schedule fun things with our kids. You know, this is when we are taking that class for ourselves and kind of filling our own cup, getting some extra sleep because, and we're the same way. We're not the, we're not the hustle. I mean, we, we <laughs> believe in hard work. We believe in grit. We believe that sometimes yes. there is, there is some sacrifice that does go along with building. 100%. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But if you are drained and you are just constantly busy all the time, like Katie, you, she's really set, started this, like busy is not a badge of honor. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, it's okay to just sit on the couch and watch a movie. That's actually rest. It actually makes you come back the next day more creative. And I wholeheartedly believe in that a hundred percent. So I guess don't look at a slow season as a bad thing. Just look at it in terms of how can I recharge, but how can I really prepare and get my business ready for the next season of growth? And that there's also that essence of you can still binge Netflix and still be successful, right? Like, yeah. let's be honest, you can, you can be a good mother and still yeah. be successful, right? And I think there's yeah, so absolutely. much about you must choose this and you must choose this. But yeah. the reality of it is, is you can still have both and still be happy and alignment and excited, right? So you don't have to choose. And yeah. just that whole essence, I, I one of my clients, um, Rochelle from How to Live Slow, she's really big about teaching women the essence of slowing down collectively, not just in mm-hmm. business, but she has these slow mornings with their kids because that's what works for her and her family. But she said, you can still have a slow morning and play puzzles and still be successful, right? Like, where's this essence of like, oh my goodness, if I stop and play with puzzles, what's the next thing I have to do? <laughs> so there's this beautiful thing about slowing down. Again, yeah. if you choose to allow yourself, but I couldn't agree more. There is those ebbs and flows that go with business and there are definitely seasons and there's definitely sacrifices. And those who say there aren't, I kind of like a little bit of BS there because they definitely are right. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's so funny. And when I was in like the thick of building my direct sales business, I actually had a background in reading education. So I read a lot of literature. I loved reading books. And for a long time in my business, I was like, nope, just personal development. That's what I do now. That's what I have to do. Uh, And then at one point I remember being like, that is dumb. That is stupid. I genuinely love reading books. And when I read books, I get these ideas and I think about characters and I think about story and I think about theme and I think about plot. And because I read the books, even though it's this fun thing that I do for me, it actually allows me to pour back into my business. Mm. But when I rob myself of something that I love, I start to see that there's a little resentment that I can build towards my business. So you have to remember that part of it too, is if you aren't honoring things that actually give you joy, if you're not making them a priority, you will start to really build resentment towards your business too. And I've seen that firsthand. I've experienced it. Mel's experienced it. So I think that that's an important part. And I love that you're on the same page about the, the hustle culture that, that we've 
created the chaos of it. So yeah, yes, yes, absolutely. Okay. So for those, listen, again, we, I think after recording your podcast and ours, obviously we could just keep talking for hours and hours, but let's be honest. Uh, I've got my kids screaming out my window. Yours are probably needing dinner very <laughs> soon. That's how we roll. So we will start to wrap things up for those amazing humans listening to the podcast episode today. Do you have anything, you know, any webinars coming up, any workshops, any coming up, where can they find you? Can you share a little bit about how they can connect with you both? Sure. Yeah. So we are actually, when this airs, it will be just shy of a week when we will be doing our big webinar. Um, We do a vision and goal Mm -hmm. setting webinar on the 28th of December. And so we will, we'll give you and the the link, you can put that in the show notes, but it's a great place for for listeners to come and to, it's free. It's a hundred percent free. And Katie and I really talk about the way we do vision and goals setting a little bit differently, you know, and and we really make it such a a practical, tangible activity where we're not just, again, and I said this in our Mm -hmm. podcast earlier, we're not just setting these Insta-worthy goals, goals that look pretty on a vision board, but they have no (laughs) meaning and then they have no action plan that are attached to them. So we're going to be talking about that on the 28th. So we would love to invite your listeners to come in and join and hang out with us. We'll give you the link. It is free. There'll be a a downloadable PDF that will go along with that evening's presentation. And we hope to see you guys there. Fantastic. I absolutely love it. Now I have one final question for both of you. I'd like to, and I ask this question to all my guests, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started off in business? Serve over slay. Mm -hmm. Serve over slay. The serving has brought so much more joy and peace and just actually prosperity along with it, as opposed to when I was just slaying the goals. So serving Mm -hmm. over slaying any day. Love it. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, it really does go back to the word hustle um, and, and being healthy, being that you actually can, you can build a very successful multi-million dollar business and you can have a great quality of life. You can have a good personal life. You can have good personal relationships and you can have a thriving business that they can both coexist. And I believe for the better part of my career early on, I really looked at um, like hustle is like the only way you can achieve success. And unfortunately I had to kind of learn that the hard way. So, you know, if, if you're, if anybody that's listening is, is maybe like me in that sense, like it doesn't have to be that way. You don't actually have to hit rock bottom before you kind of find that healthy coexistence. It, it is out there and it can happen. Good. And I love that again, not love that that happened to you, but love that you share that because I almost feel like there's like, if you don't have a rock bottom story, you haven't made it right. Someone was saying that to me the other day and they said, oh, but business was it, like, I haven't, I don't have anything to say. Like business was easy. And it's like, we're not having that conversation either, right? Like you can lead a business with joy. You can lead a business with fun. You can lead, you can have a business that feels easy. You can have a business that is just ease, right? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be this other way. But again, it's, it's, that's why I love podcasting is we can start having these conversations and start changing some of those hustle conversations. Because again, you don't, the sooner you can just have a business with ease and you don't have to hit rock bottom. I mean, geez, it's, 
Yeah. I, I don't want it. You don't want it. Do you mean none of us want it? So no, thank you for sharing that because again, you don't have to hit rock bottom to have a successful business. So no, thank you for sharing. Now, before we sign off, I will be popping the link for your ladies amazing webinar that is happening at the end of December. So the women uh, who are listening will be able to attend. And also my team and I will also be putting together collectively all the, like, the show notes for this whole episode at AngelaHenderson.com.au. Thanks again, ladies, so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. And it's always fun being in your energy. So thanks again. And for you, amazing human listening to this podcast, I hope you have a beautiful day no matter where you are in the world. And I look forward to you joining again next week for another awesome episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. Thanks again, ladies. Yes, thank Thank you. you. Thanks for listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson. www.angelahenderson.com.au